Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. Now, let's agree that if anybody here talks about the weather today and calls it cold, that you're going to punch them in the throat. This isn't cold. This is called fall. If you're from Texas, this is new to you. It's beautiful outside. And um, you guys got the best end of the day. Yeah, it's gorgeous outside. I kind of wish we were having a tent revival today. That would make me happy uh, to be outside, but we're not. And um, I want to go quickly to the Word of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, the book of John is where we'll start today. And then we're going to spend most of our time in the book of Psalm. But John, the 10th chapter is where we'll be. John's an interesting book in the New Testament if you're new to faith or new to Christianity or maybe just new to the Bible. Uh, The book of John talks about Jesus in very unique terms in that unlike the other three Gospels, John refers to Jesus uh, more in his divinity and sort of who he is more so than what he does. The other Gospels really talk about the stories of Jesus And John talks more about the person of Jesus and who he is to us. And so we're going to look at one of those today. Uh, Jesus made nine different I am statements in the book of John. Referring to himself, he would teach them who he was and would refer to himself as I am. And then nine different things that he said. He said, I am the door. Everybody say the door. I am the gate, say the gate, Gate. I am the way, the truth, the the resurrection, resurrection. the life, Life. the light of the world, the The vine, vine. and the good shepherd. shepherd. Nine different things Jesus said he was to us. I don't have time to preach all of them, but I do want to focus in on that last one, John 10 and verse 11. Jesus is speaking here and he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. In case you were wondering and looking, I am the best example of what shepherding sheep should be. In case you were needing someone to help guide you through life, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And I want to preach that today for just a couple of moments. You can be seated and God bless you. God is good. Say amen to that. The gospel means good news. It's good news today that Jesus, the good shepherd, was willing to die for us in our place. Foundational to our faith here at Christian Life and all of Christianity is that Jesus, God become man, was crucified for our sins. And that is the best news I could tell you today. 
The fact that Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, implies that there are some that are not good. In comparison to him, he would say there is someone who is not a good shepherd. In fact, he doesn't just simply imply that, but in verse 1 of John chapter 10, here's what he said. He said, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate, remember he said, I'm the gate, and anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate, which... Uh, that person must surely be a thief and a robber. So Jesus is talking here about our spiritual enemy. In case you didn't know or have never heard, maybe again you're new to Christianity, you and I have a spiritual enemy and his name is Satan. He is the prince and power of the air and of darkness. He hates God and he hates God's people. That means you and his single mission is this to steal and to kill and to destroy everything that matters to God and that matters to God's people. And so you have to admit, if you are sensible and at least logical, that there is something evil in this world that's destroying so many homes and so many people, and so many things are falling apart, and marriages are in trouble, and lives are in shambles and kids are making horrible decisions and the root of all of that I believe is this thief and this robber the antithesis of the good shepherd Jesus in fact said very clearly here the mission of our spiritual enemy John 10 and 10 he said the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy my purpose juxtaposing himself against this spiritual enemy is to give them life And that more abundantly. Say amen to that. Let's be real clear. Jesus in this particular story is the good shepherd. And so if you are looking for our place in this story. It makes sense that you and I are the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd and you and I are the sheep. Now sheep just for the record I want to talk about. Sort of what sheep are, and I hope you're taking notes today. Uh, the back of your worship guide is a good place to do that. You can keep your notes from today and this week together. Sheep are the most commonly mentioned animal in the whole Bible. Almost 200 times in Scripture, you'll find sheep mentioned. Uh, sheep or lambs or someone thing in the you know sheep family, whatever else is a sheep. Since we're talking about animals, dogs are mentioned 44 amazing times. All the dog people wave at me. Cats are mentioned exactly zero. For all you cat people. Matter of fact, the only time the Bible alludes to a cat is when he talks about a lion, which is in the cat family. And the Bible says Satan roars like a lion, so it sort of makes a connection between the devil and cats. There you go. <laughs> now, we're sheep. We're sheep. Say, I'm, I'm sheep. sheep. That's just what I am. It's what I is. <laughs> And the unfortunate thing about this, and I've wrestled with how to say this, this week in preparing for today, I brought Pastor Josh in my office, he's our resident theologian, and I said, can I say what it is that I want to say here? And he said, well, I don't know, is it dumb? I said, probably. 
And, and so I said, uh, the only way I know how to say this is, is, is this particular language, but I don't want to offend anybody. So before I offend you, let me first apologize profusely for offending you and then tell you that I am including myself. I, I'm not saying you are and I'm not, but let's just be honest. To really know who sheep are, you have to know that sheep are stupid. I didn't make that up. Sheep are some of the dumbest animals on the planet. Think about it. You go to a circus. How many of you love going to circuses? I love going to the... There are three people who have ever been to a circus. Some of you live in a circus. What are you talking about? I love going to the circus. I love seeing all the animals there. You go to a circus, you see trained elephants and trained lions and trained donkeys, trained dogs. You can even go to a flea circus. You never see a sheep in a circus because you can't train sheep. You can't train sheep. You can't train sheep to act right enough. Sheep need a shepherd. You can't train sheep to be good enough. You can't train sheep to act right enough. You can't train sheep to do all the right things. The only way you can guide a sheep is with a... Sheep are just not willing to play along. Sheep can't play dead. The only way you can get a sheep to play dead is shoot them. And that trick only works once. Sheep don't know how to play along. And so, I'm a sheep and you're a sheep. And that's not the best news for us. I want to give you four things that sheep are. I want you to write these down. Put these in your notes. Put these in your phone or on your iPad. Whatever you're taking notes with. On the back of a tithing envelope. In your checkbook. Whatever. I want you to write this down. Because you're going to need this when you start wondering why it is your life happens like it happens. Four things. Four challenges. That, that occur in our lives and they're in all the lives of sheep. Number one, sheep can get lost easily. Sheep get lost easily. My wife would say amen to that. I can get lost walking down my own driveway. I'm directionally challenged. I'm not good. Pastor Josh and I were out of town this past week at a conference together and he made me drive. He's bigger than me and he's mean to me. And he made me drive everywhere in Atlanta, Georgia. And we got lost more times than I can possibly tell you. I, it's, it's the hand of God we made it back to that airport and got on a plane and came home. Sheep get lost easily. Sheep, sheep in the Old Testament, as a matter of fact, in Isaiah 53, the Bible says, All we like sheep have gone Everybody say astray. We're lost. Each of us has turned to his own way. It's incredibly common for sheep to walk away from the shepherd's fold and say, I think I'll go this way today. I think I know this way. I, th- I think I'll do it uh, uh, over here. Is it because of some innate thing? I-, I don't really know. I just know this. Sheep have a tough time staying on the right direction. Do you know anybody like that? Sheep are always looking for something else to make me happy. I, I, I think I know what I, I can do. I think I'll go over here. This seems to be the right way. And then they go that way and they think, man, this was a terrible decision. How did I get over here? I took this turn and I don't know how I made it over here. Sheep get lost very, very 
easily. And the reality is that many of us are in that spot today. Many of us have sort of looked around at our lives and think, man, how did I get over here? Where in the world did I turn wrong? What, what did I do to get me to here? The, the fact is you and I are trying to figure out this life and we keep making bad decisions and taking wrong turns and listening to the wrong directions. It's because sheep, listen, without a shepherd get lost. Sheep who are not under the direct care and concern and, and direction of a shepherd find themselves making their own way and going their own direction and sheep get lost very easily. Number two, the second thing about sheep is that sheep are defenseless. This is really interesting to me to think about. Sheep are defenseless. I can think about almost every animal on the planet. They have some form of defense. Even a a cat, nasty things, have claws. I'm going to get hate mail from cat lovers. Even a cat has claws and they can claw your eyes out and all your furniture up. Many animals have fangs. Some of them can kick. Some of them can fly away. Some of them can run really fast. Some of them blend into their environment. But sheep can't do anything. They are absolutely defenseless. Listen, they have no defenses that are natural to them. And you hear me. Outside of the body of Jesus Christ, outside of the protection of a good shepherd, outside of the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I are absolutely defenseless against our enemy. We are not strong enough to defend ourselves. If we were, we would have already done that. If we were strong enough to defend ourselves against the enemy, we would have done that a long time ago. If you were strong enough to make it just one pill or one drink or one night or one conversation, you would have done that. But you and I are not strong enough. We have no natural defenses against the enemy. We are like sheep and we believe lies. And our lives end up leading to death and destruction, at least on the inside. Because sheep without a shepherd have no Natural defense. And number three, I promised myself I wasn't going to get excited. Sheep are very stubborn. Sheep are very stubborn. Somebody look at the person next to you and say, I think he's talking about you. You know what's so funny about doing that? (laughs) There's some of you who are so stubborn, you literally would not look at the person next to you and say what I just told you to say. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to keep looking right there. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit right here until you're done. About 10.30. Then I'm going to be happy and get out of here. Sheep just do whatever it is they want to do. They're stubborn. I actually read that when a sheep gets stuck in between two rocks, they get lodged in. The sheep are too stubborn to go in reverse. You never hear the beep, beep. You never hear that with a sheep. Matter of fact, when a sheep gets stuck in between two rocks, uh, uh, most people will tell you they'll just keep going that direction. They'll just keep walking and lodging themselves further into their bad situation. That sound like anybody you know. When they get stuck, they say, well, this seems to be working. I think I'll go harder that way. I can't find a good man. All the good men are gone. I always get the bad guys. All the bad guys come looking for me. 
And you want to say, maybe you're fishing with the wrong bait. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that direction you're headed is not the best direction, but we're stubborn. Or, or, or the person who's like, I am so broke. I am out of money. I'm broke all the time. Let's go to the mall and talk about it. I think I'll just keep walking this way. Stubborn sheep. And finally, number four, if you're taking notes, sheep are filthy. Now, that's not good news. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, man, I've seen sheep on television. They look all white and fluffy. Listen to me. That dude was power washed before he got on television. (laughs) They're terrible. They stink. They're filthy. They're horribly smelly. They don't have any natural ability, this is kind of crude, to clean themselves. And so they just don't. Can I respectfully tell you that in the sight of a holy and perfect and righteous God, you and I can't clean ourselves up enough. You and I can't make ourselves clean enough. I grew up in the deep south. Wherever you think the south is, I grew up a hundred miles south of there. And in the deep south, we'll say things like this. Oh, he's a good old guy. He's a good old boy. She's a good old girl. I don't know what old is. You don't have to be old to be a good old anything. She's a good old boy. She's a good old girl. You know the way they're just good people. Those are good people. Listen, in the sight of a holy God, there is none good. You can't be good enough. To get God's attention. I wish being good is all that it took to make it to heaven. Because there's a lot of good people in this world. But you and I. It doesn't matter how we try to clean ourselves up. We're still filthy. When we stand in front of a God who is blameless. And holy and righteous and perfect. And we can't clean ourselves up. And so what do you do with filthy and stubborn animals? What do you do with animals that are always getting lost? What do you do with animals that can't find their way and defend themselves? The only way you can help a sheep is by giving him a shepherd. The only way a sheep can make it. The bottom line is this. Sheep need a shepherd. You and I need a Savior. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. You and I need a shepherd like Jesus. And without a shepherd, we find ourselves wandering away. We find ourselves going the way of the evil one. We find ourselves listening to the lies of the one who would steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And so for the rest of our time together today, I want to show you four incredible qualities of this good shepherd. Four incredible qualities that this good shepherd has. And I want to challenge you and encourage you. Before the end of our time together today. If you have not decided. To firmly place your life under the lordship of this good shepherd. That you would at least consider to do so today. The first one if you're taking notes is this. The good shepherd guides. Everybody say he guides. The good shepherd guides. The good shepherd guides. Now, this is where we're going to spend our time in the book of Psalms. If you have your Bible, Psalms, the 23rd chapter. It's a pretty familiar passage. We 
read it most oftentimes at funerals or kind of sad occasions. I hate that we wait till uh, a funeral to read this because this really gives you a wonderful picture of what our good shepherd does and how our good shepherd um, deals with his sheep and people like you and I. And so Psalms, the 23rd chapter, is where we'll start. The good shepherd guides and verse 3 in Psalms 23, you know it. Says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and he makes me to lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. The Lord is my shepherd, and he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. You ever find yourself trying to make a big decision, trying to decide what to do, and you seek the Lord and you ask the Lord to reveal himself to you, and the Bible said he will. Verse 3 and 4 of John says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd and the sheep. And the sheep, listen, recognize his voice. They recognize his voice. The good news is that our good shepherd calls you and I by name. And he leads them out. After he gathers his flock together, he walks ahead of him. And you know what they do? The Bible says, and they follow him. Why do they follow him? Because they know his voice. And the good shepherd is one who guides them. And this is so powerful that the sheep know him. And he knows them. And they recognize his voice. And so they follow him. Some of you may say today, I don't know the voice of God. I'm facing this really tough situation, I'm facing this really hard thing, I'm facing this terrible decision I have to make, do I stay here or do I go, do I stay with him or do I leave him, do I keep this job or take that job, what do I do, how do I make this, uh, how do I make this sort of decision, how do I really know the voice of God, now I think God can speak to you audibly, he's never done so to me, if he did in my head he sounds like James Earl Jones. I don't know if that's really how he sounds, but I think he does. He hasn't talked to me and told me any difference. So right now he sounds like James Earl Jones when he talks to me. But most often it's not going to be through an audible voice. Most often you're going to find God talking to you through what he wrote down in his word. And he talks to us daily when you get in his word and you say, God, what do I do? And then you find this and you say, that sounds like where I am. And this sounds like what I should do. And then God can talk to you through a prophetic message. He, he can, I, I believe in that. This church preaches that. I, I believe He can speak in all different kinds of ways. Listen, God can speak to you through pain. God can speak to you through trial. God can speak to you through crisis. But oftentimes you and I can't understand His voice. We just don't know how to tell His Voice And the Bible said the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. Now, if you can't understand his voice, there's only two reasons why I would know. And I'll tell you a story about how that would work. If you walk into a room with 50 women in that room, they are all talking at one time because that's what women do. And the interesting thing to me, the remarkable thing to me is that they all understand what's happening. You walk into a room with 50 men, no one says a word. And the first person that talks is weird. <laughs> Nobody likes him. What's he doing talking over there? I'm watching the game. Don't, shh, be quiet. What are you doing right now? 
Women, 50 women in a room, and they're all talking, and they're, and they're all understanding one another. And if you walked into that room, and I asked you, which one of those is my wife's voice? Can you recognize her voice? If you say, no, I, I, I can't pick her voice out. There's 50 women, they're all talking at, at the same time. The, the reason you can't recognize it's only one of two things. Either you don't know her, or you haven't spent any time with her. Because you can blindfold me and put me into a room of 50 women all talking at the same time. And eventually I'm going to pick out my wife's voice for one of two reasons. I know her and I've spent time with her. Some of the reason why you can't distinguish God's voice in your life. Some of you it's because you don't know him. And some of us it's because we haven't spent enough time with him to know his voice. And you walk into a crowded room of opinions and and you walk into a crowded room of all the noise of media and you walk into a crowded room with all of these voices telling you what you should do and how you should act and where you should go and the decision you should make and you can't distinguish God's voice because you haven't spent enough time with Him to learn what it sounds like. And the shepherd guides with His voice. The shepherd guides with his voice and he calls you by your name. I love that. One of the most beautiful pictures is that he calls me by my name. When you say scientifically, it's proven the most beautiful word in the human language to anybody, any language, in any continent, any tribe, in any tongue is the sound of their own name. It's the most recognizable sound to every human on planet earth. And the Bible says our good shepherd calls you by name. He wants to reveal himself to you. So if you have a decision to make, a difficult choice to make, should I be a part of this church or not? Should I keep dating this person? Should we have more kids? What should I do? Should we sell our house? Should I change jobs? What am I going to do here? The Bible says Jesus is a good shepherd who guides us and he makes me to walk this way he guides us everybody say he guides the good shepherd guides the second thing and I'm hurrying the good shepherd provides he provides for us our God is a good shepherd who provides Psalms 23 says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures And leads me beside still waters or quiet waters and restores my soul. I love that. He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down. How many of you have ever seen a sheep lying down? Some of you haven't even seen a sheep. (laughs) Sheep don't lay down very Often, because there has to be a few things in place for a sheep to really lay down. For them to lay down, a sheep has to have three things. They have to be well fed, or they won't lay down. They have to be getting along, or they won't lay down. And they have to feel safe, or they won't lay down. And the Bible says, your good shepherd, my good shepherd, Jesus, the good shepherd, feeds us with his presence and Fixes the relational problems in our lives and makes us feel so safe that we lie down in green pastures. That we can find rest for our souls because of our good shepherd 
Some of you are so exhausted with your life and running around and crazy, just can't seem to get rest. Your eyes are always weary. Your head is always drooping, always asking, why am I so tired? Why am I so exhausted? When can I find rest? And I tell you without reservation today, this is the rest wherein weary can find rest. That we submit ourselves to the good shepherd. That good shepherd who provides rest for me. Who feeds me with his presence. Who fixes my home. Some of you, your homes are in turmoil. Listen, sheep won't lay down unless they're getting along. You need the good shepherd to come into your home and help things get along better. And he makes me lie down and then he puts me beside quiet waters. Why still waters? Because sheep won't drink from waters that are moving. They're scared they're going to fall in. They become a giant cotton ball. They're going to drown, you know. Like jumping in a river with a parachute just doesn't work out well. So a sheep won't get anywhere near waters that are moving. And your shepherd knew that. And he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll get you beside quiet waters. I'll get you beside somewhere you can drink something. I'll get it to where your soul can be refreshed. He lays me beside Quiet waters, still waters. That's when Jesus would say, I am the living water. I'm that still water. And He refreshes my soul, your Bible says in Psalms 23. He's such a good provider. He doesn't just give us good homes and good cars and good jobs and good health. But our soul is refreshed in His presence. Some of you have everything right on the outside. But your soul is in turmoil. Inwardly you are facing hell and you don't know how to get out of it. And the amazing thing is this. When you're a sheep who is under the care of a good shepherd. All of hell can be breaking loose in your life. And you can have peace inside of you because He restores. Stores my soul. That good shepherd takes care of the stuff on the inside of me. That's why he said there's peace that you can find that passes all. How is she dealing with this? How is he dealing with that? How are they making it through that? Because they're under a good shepherd who knows how to restore my soul. Shout amen. Shout amen. He restores my soul. That good shepherd guides and he provides and he corrects. Everybody say he corrects. The good shepherd corrects me. This is not one to get up and get happy about. Not a lot of people shout about this. Doesn't seem like good news at the time that our good shepherd corrects. But listen, he corrects us because he loves us. He corrects us because he sees us wandering into danger. Because remember, sheep... Or get lost very easily. That's why Job would say this. In Job chapter 5 and verse 17 and 18. He would say blessed is the one whom God corrects. Blessed is the one whom God corrects. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. For he, listen. For he wounds and then he binds up. And he injures and his hands also heal. What an odd thing for God to do that he would actually wound you and then bind you up. That he would actually injure you and then his hands would be the one that would heal you. Oftentimes a shepherd would carry this rod. It's about 
two feet long. It's different than a staff. And that rod would be the thing that he would correct his sheep with. And if there was a little sheep who had wandered off more times than others and he was in danger, that shepherd lovingly would take that rod and he would beat that sheep on his legs until one of them was fractured or broken. And then history would tell us and you can read and find out that that shepherd would put that sheep on his shoulder and would carry him until that sheep was whole. He wounded him, but then he healed him. Why is that? Because during that healing process, sheep get to know the shepherd like they've never known him before. Some of us look at our lives and think, why me, God? Why this now? Why would this happen? Why would you do this? Why would you allow this? And your shepherd said, sometimes when I see you wandering that way, I want to break that leg and put you on my shoulder and mend you back to health so that when I set you back down, you know what my voice sounds like and you don't wander off as much. Our God corrects us. Our God corrects us. Our God corrects us. The good shepherd corrects us. You won't run off again when you understand the discipline of God. There may be a time when our loving God, our good God, lets us face the consequences of our own mistakes. Just so we can say, He's a good shepherd who corrects me. Now, nobody says, oh, I think this is God's correction. I like it this way. No, nobody... Nobody ever looks up in their lives and says, man, I think this is God correcting me. I have a two-year-old, and my two-year-old is very much two years old. And when I say no, she runs straight to mama and buries her head like this and points at me. She's not here, so I can talk about her, my wife. She points, her, she points her, her finger at me and he's the one. He said, no, nobody ever gets corrected and says, man, my, I wish my baby would. When I would tell her, no, I wish you'd say, oh, praise God, daddy. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. He corrected me. Nobody ever does that. That's why Hebrews twelve eleven says no discipline seems pleasant at the time. Later on, however... It produces a harvest of righteousness, a peace for those who have been, listen, trained by it. Who have been trained by it. Our good shepherd is so loving that he loves us enough to correct us when we're wrong. Draw us close to himself and I have to hurry. Everybody say he guides. Say he provides. Say he corrects. Say he protects. Our good shepherd protects us. That's why the Bible said in Psalms 23 verses 4 through 6. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. That valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For you are with me. And thy rod. And your staff. They comfort me. You protect me. When he's with me, I have nothing to fear. I don't have any natural defenses on my own. But when he's with me, I can be protected. I don't have to fear evil for you're with me. Your rod, that weapon that scares off harm or animals that would threaten me, you carry it. And your staff, that hook, that staff that rescues me when I fall down, you're carrying me with you with a rod and with a staff. You can 
You can, you can fend off all of my enemies and you can rescue me when I get in trouble. Our good shepherd knows how to protect us. And then verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Now this is so interesting and I have to go quickly. Why would you anoint my head with oil? How many of you hate flies? I hate flies and mosquitoes. The state bird of Arkansas, where we're from, is the mosquito. (laughs) And I hate them. In Palestine, there were flies everywhere. And it was common for a fly to fly up the nose of a sheep. This is kind of... And he would lay eggs, and the larvae would hatch. And some of those larvae would not go south out of his nose. They would go north into his brain. And these larvae would get inside of that, uh, of that nasal cavity and inside that brain area. And they would drive these sheep so crazy that they would bang their heads against a wall till they killed themselves. And the Bible says, your good shepherd, anoint your head with oil. And acts as an insect repellent. So that that stuff that irritates you to the point where you bang your head against the wall and think, will this ever stop? Will I ever get out of this? Will this ever get better? And that good shepherd comes along and puts oil on your head and says, I'll protect you from the stuff that'll drive you crazy. That stuff that'll drive you mad. I'll anoint your head with oil so it doesn't irritate you like it could. Some of you are so frustrated. Frustrated with what irritates you in life. Why is this always happening? My husband frustrates me. My wife frustrates me. My kids are crazy. They're driving me crazy. I just want to get out of here. I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. I just got to go. And your good shepherd says, I'll anoint your head with oil so that thing that's flying around you that irritates you won't bother you anymore. He protects you. And then he says, my cup overflows. i got to hurry. In our first seven years of ministry, Brandy and I were in student ministry together. We loved it a ton. We had students over our house all the time. And they would stay well past normal times. Now, I'm a morning person. Brandy's a night owl. That's not worked out so well. And so these kids would stay at our house till midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning. And I'd want them to get out of my house. We were newlyweds. All right, it's time to go home. It's midnight, it's one o'clock in the morning, party's over. Well, that wouldn't do it. So I started, this true story, I started going to the bedroom, putting on my pajamas, just coming out. Well, you know what this means? That wouldn't work, and so Brandy wouldn't let that work much, and then... And then finally I started turning the heat up and they'd say, man, it's hot in here. Why is it so hot? Oh, you got to go. It's hot. That's right. Get your rear end out of my house. It's hot. Go. Time to go. Been time to go. The Bible says my cup overflows. Why is that? There's a tradition in the Old Testament in Palestine homes where you were allowed to stay at the table. God, I love this. I'm preaching good. I don't... Listen. 
You could stay at the table of a Palestinian home as a guest as long as they filled your cup back up with wine. As long as your cup was full, you were welcome. But when your cup ran empty, it meant it was time to go to the house. My pajamas are on. I've turned the heat up. It's time to go home. And David said, my cup. In other words, I can always get into his presence and I'm always welcome at his table. There's never a time where it's time to go home. Anytime I need to get in his presence, all I have to do is raise my hands and say, shepherd, I need you. I need your presence and my cup overflows because I'm welcome here. I'm welcome here. I'm welcome at his table. I'm welcome in his presence. You never run out of welcome in his presence. This good shepherd says my cup overflows when I sit at your table. Never do you let it run out so that I feel like I got to go, but I can always come to you. And sit at your table. And then verse 6 says, Surely, goodness and mercy follow me. One translation says, Overtake me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He protects me. He protects me. He protects me. One parable Jesus taught said, If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, because that's what sheep do, what will he do? Your Bible says he'll leave 90 and 9 and he will pursue one. Listen, some of you today, listen close, listen, listen, look at me. Some of you today are the one that the good shepherd is trying to find. Some of you are the one who have wandered away and your good shepherd is trying to rescue you. Some of you are wandering around your life filthy, lost, defenseless, not able to find rest or lay down, not able to find protection and guidance. And you wonder, how did my life get like this? How did I end up like this? Where did this all come from? Why can't I seem to figure it out? Why does everything irritate me? Why am I going crazy right now? It's because sheep need a shepherd. And if you try for too long, To wander off by yourself without the care and the concern of a good shepherd. The end is death. You're a sheep. I'm a sheep. And we need a shepherd. One time, a drama professor was teaching his class and told his class, I want all of you to read the 23rd Psalm. This was a remarkable professor in a college setting and conclusion today. And the professor said, I'll go first. I, I am professor. And he's teaching this drama class so you can only imagine what it was like and sort of how they, how they sat with bated breath, all of these students, this this remarkable drama professor, you know, this person who had starred in stage plays and in movies, and he was going to read with dramatic pause and with dramatic tone the 23rd Psalm, and then we were going to read along with him. And so he began this brilliant professor, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
And he read the whole thing. It was brilliant. It was moving. It was wonderful. And the whole class stood up and clapped and shouted, yes. And then the professor pointed to the front row. And he said, I want you to do it. It was the shyest kid there. Everybody knew he was a Christian, but he was so shy. He was so backwards. He was scared to death. So he stood up, walked to the front of the classroom. This young Christian kid in a college drama classroom stood up before the class following this dramatic presentation by this brilliant professor, shaking as he did. And he began to recite the 23rd Psalm. And as he read, the imagery came to life. And he remembered all that Jesus, that good shepherd, had done for him. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. One And he remembered how God provided for him when he was in need and started to tremble. And he makes me lie down in green pastures. And he lays me beside still waters. And he became overwhelmed with emotion, this kid did. He could barely get through the 23rd Psalm through his tears. And when he got through, nobody clapped. Everybody was crying, not a dry eye in the room. And the drama coach said, well, friends, there you have it. I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd. And my question to you today is, do you know the good shepherd? That good shepherd that guides us. That good shepherd that provides for us. That good shepherd that protects us, that corrects us. That good shepherd that makes your life rich and satisfying, abundant life. If your world's crazy today, could it be that you and I, like sheep, have all gone astray and somebody needs the care of a shepherd? If you feel like today is for you, it probably is, because that's how the good shepherd works. There's not one here that's good enough. There's not one here that's clean enough. There's not one here that's able to be trained enough to get it right. You and I. The only cure for our lives is a shepherd. We're sheep. We can't get it right on our own. We need a shepherd. And if you're trying to get it right by yourself today, my simple invitation to you is this. Come to get to know the good shepherd. You're standing and our prayer partners are joining me at the front. And I'm going to give you an opportunity today to meet this good shepherd. I'm going to give you a chance in our last few moments together to meet a shepherd who said, I'm the good shepherd so much so that I would lay down my life for the sheep. Today you can know that kind of shepherd, that kind of love, that kind of freedom that comes in having a good shepherd. Revealing to you the perfect love of a good God, a good shepherd. With your eyes closed all over the building, everybody in the house has their eyes closed except our pastors and prayer partners. Everybody's head is bowed and I'm going to ask you in a moment of honesty and transparency in the sight of a holy and righteous and perfect God. How many of you will admit with one hand raised in the air, I need a shepherd. I'm lost right now. I feel so confused right now. I don't know how to get around right now. I feel like I'm being attacked. Come on, keep that hand up. I feel like I'm being attacked everywhere I go. 
Everything irritates me. Nothing makes me happy. I can't seem to get out of this. I'm defenseless against her. I'm defenseless against him. I don't know how to get my way back home. I don't know what to do. I feel so confused. I feel so lost. I'm so filthy and dirty. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I'm just a sheep and I feel lost. Your hands raised if that's you. Now in a moment of courage... I'm going to pray a conviction prayer. And when I say amen, listen close. When I say amen, our worship team is going to sing our final worship song today. And if your hand is raised, I want you to run to this front. I want you to get here and throw your hands up. When I say amen, not yet. I want you to throw your hands up and I want you to pray a simple prayer. Our prayer partners and pastors will lay their hands on you. I want you to pray, Jesus, I need you. I need that kind of shepherd. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, hands that are raised, hundreds of hands all over the building are people who, like me, are just simple sheep. God, more than anything else in this life, we need a good shepherd who'll guide us and protect us, who'll cover us and provide for us. And so, Jesus, I pray, I pray conviction would fall on every heart of every sheep that needs a good shepherd. I pray Holy Spirit, that you would do what only you can do and touch the hearts of men, women, and young people in the building today who need to surrender their lives to a good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if your hand's raised, I want you to make your way quick. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.